0: This is Financial Wellness Radio with Rob Burnett and Lori Gross from Outlook Financial Center. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Rob and Lori provide their clients and prospects with the information they need regarding Social Security, Retirement Income Planning, Wealth Management, and much more listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals and now here is rob burnett and Lori gross on financial wellness radio
1: welcome to financial wellness radio with me rob burnett from the outlook financial center each week we discuss topics of current interest and importance on personal finances we strive to educate and make complex topics understandable and while we're at it, we're going to try to have a little fun. So, joining me in the studio today, as the lead uh, uh, person in making this all fun today, is our fiduciary <laughs> and uh, investment advisor representative for our Troy office. Good morning, Lori.
2: Well, wow, you put the pressure on me already. Uh, I'm supposed to make it fun. Absolutely. <laughs> Lori, you
1: bring the fun. Good morning.
0: <laughs> Lori brings the fun.
1: Yeah, because we can't count on Tony. The jokes are just bad.
2: <laughs>
0: they are bad. Uh,
1: but but we we wouldn't the show wouldn't be complete without our good friend and our co-host mr tony shore so good morning tony
0: yep i'm here with the bad dad jokes that's me my kids always groan and roll their eyes when i make my jokes they say those are dad jokes i don't know what they mean i think they're
1: hilarious Oh, I'm sure you do. And after a, a week I'm with sure your daughter Rob on the knows band exactly trip, what you mean. oh yeah. And like I said, you we were, you were talking off uh, before we started the show about you being a, a chaperone for your daughter's band trip. I'm sure the the dad jokes got worse.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, how do you put how do you put an astronaut baby to sleep? You rock it.
2: Mm. So that's and this one time at band camp.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly all right well hey uh what are we talking about today rob
1: well today is our monthly show we talk about the market what's going on uh, in the market we call it the bulls bears and writing the stock market roller coaster so that's the emphasis today we're going to try to educate put some of the current events into some historical perspective and we'll provide some thoughts where we think the market might be headed now we can't control the markets we've all agreed with that but we can control how we respond to it so the behavioral scientists have reduced this down to a simple equation this is one even the engineer and me can get e plus r equals o got that tony
0: <laughs> i don't e- know what that e- means
1: events plus response equals outcome So once again, we can't control the event, but we can control how we respond to it. Ah. And responding to the markets in a disciplined manner is really critical to your long-term financial well-being.
0: Wow. Uh, This is one conversation I I look forward to. That's very interesting. And, uh, you know, the last few months, it's certainly been an interesting ride with the markets. It, It feels like they've been a little calmer lately, but you never know, up and down, right?
2: Well, you know, the markets have been quite a bit calmer over the past month. And our buddy VIX, or the volatility index, has been in a band between that 13 and 16.5% over the last 30 days. And and when you recall that that historical average VIX score is around 20, the market ride has been a lot smoother. So, in fact, the VIX has been below 20 every day since january 23rd and that's quite a change from the wild and bumpy ride that we had at the end of 2018.
0: yeah a smooth ride and a growing market i like that combination i'm sure our listeners are as curious as i am about what's going to happen next i mean nobody has that crystal ball but given the impact of information available on the internet and the 24 7 news cycle Uh, making sense of the huge volume of market information we get exposed to every day. uh, I guess that's what this show is about, and I want to understand how the markets affect our everyday lives, and ultimately, how is it going to affect my retirement? How is it going to affect our listeners' retirement out there?
1: Well, Tony, understanding the impact of politics both here and abroad is an important factor to understand, but we don't want to lose focus on the financial underpinnings of our market. The fundamentals of earnings, interest rates, and employment are still the foundation of evaluating the health of our financial markets. Now, we've got the other distractions going on, like national emergency declarations. We just had a attempt at a veto override that failed. Uh, congressional hearings are going on. Trade negotiation with China, they're, they're still ongoing. We don't know what the outcome of that's gonna be. The Middle East has rockets being fired uh, from Gaza into Israel again. We're still talking to North Korea. And the list goes on. The hits just keep on coming. And add to that, the long awaited special counsel report from Robert uh, Mueller was released. Now, it's just something every day. The markets give the analysts just something to continually worry about.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, the news never stops in our internet driven 24 7, you know, news cable, news channel. Uh, cycle. there's always something they're talking about. And the presidential race for 2020 has begun in earnest. And uh, the Mueller report, uh, they're spinning that. So what kind of impact do those things have on the markets? Uh, our old buddy Vicks doesn't seem to care much about some of these political happenings, does it?
2: Well, Wall Street's been working to figure out what the conclusions of that special counsel Robert Mueller's long-awaited investigation means for the stock market. And while many investment and equity strategists feel that the Attorney General William Barr's letter about Mueller's report uh, relieves a persistent concern, uh, few had expected a disastrous outcome for the president. Uh, in fact, Art Hogan, chief uh, market strategist at National Securities, commented that. Uh, No one fully contemplated an impeachment. It's just so hard to do. It's been like an aching joint. We've never seen market reaction to this. And it's always been that one market catalyst that has always been right around the corner.
1: And Tony, if you listen to the political talking heads, the results were going to be catastrophic prior to the release of the report. Mm. Most of the mainstream media never contemplated having the report be favorable in any way to the president. Then the report was released. Stephen Weiss, founder of Short Hills Capital Partners, had a perspective that's been relatively common among the institutional investment management world when he said, quote, I think the market was going to bounce back anyway, and this gives it just a little extra oomph. But overall, the investigation rarely was a big concern for investors. If there's a big pop on this, you, you can likely see it fade.
2: Well, and other analysts suggested that the findings could be seen as a a boon for certain sectors like the infrastructure and housing reform. So we're just going to have to wait around and see how all this unfolds over time.
0: Right. And so obviously there's always a lot going on and and it looks like uh, basically there's always something happening that will impact our financial markets. Sometimes directly, sometimes it's indirectly. But in the middle of all this, the markets seem to be doing okay.
2: Well they are Tony, um, but you know I always give this this piece of advice to all of our clients when good things happen in the market and that is don't get used to it. So let's summarize a couple of interesting facts about where we are so far for 2019. Um, the S&P 500 performance for the first quarter of 2019 has been way above average. It's gained uh, 13.6% during the first quarter and that's total return. The average first quarter gain for the index in the last 25 years has been 1.7%. And so the S&P has gained an average of 9.8% per year total return over the last 50 years. And 88% of the stocks in the S&P were trading at a price um, as of the close of business on Friday, 3 that was higher than, they, than where they ended in 2018.
0: Oh, Wow. So it looks like the stock market's still the investment place to be. Uh, Some good information so far. I have more specific questions for you about this, but maybe we'll wait until the next segment. Our time is almost up for this first segment. Is there anything else you want to share, Rob, before we take a quick break here?
1: Well, Tony, in our ability to get market information 24-7, the market moves fast. Data overload can be overwhelming. And for many people, they just don't know what to do and they'll just freeze up and do nothing. So for our radio listeners today, give us a call at 937-552-9990 and start the process to receive your complimentary portfolio analysis review personalized to your particular situation. While you're doing that, schedule a no-cost, no-obligation one-hour consultation. We'll go over the results of the review, answer your questions, You can get a lot of information on our website at outlookfc.com and even schedule the appointment request there, clicking on the investment management menu and filling out the online appointment request. There's lots of other information on the website, including the radio tab for this show. We've got plenty of uh, other shows you can look at. Maybe re listen to this one just to uh, go back and let all the information we talk about sink in. And while you're there, schedule and uh, not schedule, but subscribe to the podcast on itunes or google play or spotify whatever your preference is as always we want our clients to be aware and knowledgeable about how the investment markets affect them because the goal we have for each one is the same retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired
0: all right thanks so much rob and listeners stay tuned we're going to be right back with more of financial wellness radio and our hosts Lori gross and rob burnett after this most people plan on taking their social security benefits at one of three ages 62 66 or 70 but did you know that there are over 20,000 calculations that could be run to determine the best time for you to file call outlook financial center at 937-552-9990 or visit outlookfc.com to request your complimentary social security maximization report that will help you learn how you can get the most out of your benefit.
2: Welcome back to Financial Wellness Radio with me, Lori Gross from the Outlook Financial Center. And in the studio with me today is our CEO, Rob Burnett, and our co host, Tony Shore. And this week, uh, me and the guys are talking about bulls, bears, and riding the stock market roller coaster for April of 2019. And in the first segment, we discussed a quick snapshot of the market's performance for the last month and from the downturn at the end of 2018. And we talked about some of the encouraging market news and, and the release of the Mueller report that have contributed to the market rally and the calming down of volatility, at least for now.
0: Right, and it's been a great discussion so far. Thanks for the recap. These gyrations we're seeing in the market and all the ongoing political battles, sometimes they make me nervous still, and I'm wondering what to do next. We've gone from all-time highs to pretty much a significant sell-off in a short period of time, then back to a strong market rally. Uh, I liked roller coasters as a kid, but not now, Uh, not with my 401k. What are your thoughts, Lori, on the markets going forward Then.
2: Well, Tony, before I talk about going forward, i got to ask you, did you celebrate the 10th anniversary of our current bull market?
0: Um, you bet. Champagne, the worst. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, officially, the current bull market started on March 9th of 2009, so that's why I said 10th anniversary. Um, and, and here's a few interesting facts. Uh, the S&P 500 is up 401%. Annualized return has been 17.5%. Earnings growth accounted for 73 percent of the S&P 500 returns and 10 stocks accounted for 25 percent of the performance over this time and that was led by Apple. The current bull market will come to an end when the S&P 500 drops uh, more than 20 percent from a peak to a trough and that hasn't happened yet. but came very close twice um, in mid 2011 when the S&P dropped 19.4% from its high and in the last quarter of 2018 when the S&P dropped 19.8% from its high.
1: And Tony, most market watchers believe the bull market that started in March of 2009 and technically they're correct. But there are others contend that the real bull market didn't start until mid 2013, making this market only about five and a half years old. The reason they believe that is during that period of time between March of 2009 and mid 2013, the market was making up for the losses it experienced during the financial crisis. It took six years for the markets to essentially break even from that drop from the March 2009
0: high. Wow. So that's interesting. Regardless of when you think the bull market started, uh, the better question is probably how long will it last then?
2: Well, that is the question, Tony. Um, But the answer, of course, is going to depend on how the market fundamentals are doing. Regardless of all the other noise in the markets and media, the fundamentals of the economy, earnings growth and valuation will still rule the day in the long run. Currently, it's our opinion that the U.S. economy is still strong. Earnings are forecast to grow mid-single digits in each of the next couple of years, and valuations are reasonable. Uh, Until that changes, we still believe that the U.S. stock market will deliver modest returns.
0: All right. Well, and that's what we're hoping for. It sounds interesting. Let's dig into why you think we're going to see more modest growth over the next several months.
2: The first quarter was a welcome turnaround for the financial markets following the fourth quarter setback that we had, and the bull market reignited in late December and caught fire in January. Momentum slowed as the quarter unfolded, but each month produced positive returns for stocks and bonds, and for the three-month period, the S&P 500 gained 13.7%, and the Barclays Aggregate Bond Index netted 2.9%.
1: And Tony, the Federal Reserve played a key role in the market reversal as they pivoted to a more dovish position on the monetary policy. The year began with the market expecting the Fed to continue to raise the federal funds rate with regularity. They've had nine since they started raising rates, but Chairman Powell proclaimed that patience was the new path forward. Now, the thing that's fun is when the Federal Reserve does their Federal Open Market Committee report and it's done every two months in front of Congress, the interpretation of his words, very carefully selected words, really will drive the market. I always joke, you're going to see the market spasm up or down depending on how the analysts take uh, Chairman Powell's words. So when I look at those, those new perspectives, his statement was interpreted to mean zero interest rate hikes in 2019, and the markets loved that. They immediately rallied. So this is the Federal Reserve's new policy perspectives, coupled with some other encouraging news since stocks soaring once again. Fourth quarter earnings season was was deemed a success with corporate earnings growing at 13.4%, making it the fifth consecutive quarter of double-digit growth. And future earnings growth are still going to be solid, but we're really expecting them to be in the single-digit territory. The current 3.8 unemployment rate and growing wages still suggest a strong labor market, The end of the government shutdown was another bullish catalyst. Now, a trade deal with China was anticipated all quarter, but now a deal is needed soon to meet the market expectations because a deal with China has already been baked into the market.
2: Well, and major stock indices had a a great year, or a great start to the year, with U.S. stocks outpacing international stocks. The NASDAQ composite S&P 500 and the Dow Jones Industrial Average had sizable gains of 16.8, 13.7, and 11.8 respectively in the first quarter and evidence of slower economic growth in international economies did not deter stock appreciation in those markets. Uh, the international and emerging market indices still produced gains of 10% and 9.9% in the quarter, and this has been tradi- a traditional rally where growth and small capitalization stocks outperformed value and large capitalization stocks.
1: And with stocks having a tremendous first quarter, one would expect bonds to be on the decline. But that was not the case as interest rates and in the shape of the yield curve were remarkably stable uh, to, the, to the beginning of the year. And after the Federal Reserve meeting in March, the bond market rallied really hard into the quarter end. The combination of the Fed's revised policy leanings, continued low inflation, declining global interest rates, and stable economic growth really brought a new optimism to the bond market. And so, as Lori told us before, the Barclays Aggregate Bond Index gained 2.9% in the quarter. That's really good performance coming out of the bond market. Mm -hmm. High-yield bonds, they're really the beneficiary of a strong stock market, led all fixed-income sectors with a 7.3% quarterly return. Once again, we haven't seen those kind of returns in this market in a long time. The yield curve enjoyed a bullish flattening. As the long-term interest rates fell more than short-term interest rates, so most of the yield curve now has interest rates lower than the very short-term funds rate currently set at two and a half percent.
2: Well and the financial markets are adept at stirring investor emotions through unexpected price volatility and price momentum. The past three quarters provided a roller coaster ride from market highs to a double digit correction and back to market highs again. And hopefully, you let your portfolio ride along, you know, while you kept your emotions on the sidelines, because the best approach to long-term investing is to stay invested at a portfolio risk tolerance that reflects both your financial goals and your personality. And so we're, we're still optimistic on stocks and bonds for the remainder of the year. And after this six, very successful quarter, uh, Do not extrapolate these results through year-end. If stocks can add an additional 5% and if bonds can hold these gains, 2019 will be deemed a successful year for the financial markets.
0: I think one of the things our listeners and myself appreciate about uh, this show is how you always put events in context and make these complex issues of the day understandable. What I look forward to personally is some practical tips we can use to improve uh, our retirement income portfolios
1: well tony while we do provide education taking that knowledge and doing nothing with it only makes you more knowledgeable it we want you to be more successful and that requires you to do something with what you've learned today so for our listeners today i've got two tips the first one is how to lower your tax liability through intelligent allocation it's tax season and i couldn't go an entire show without bringing up taxes
0: of course i I thought we were going to escape that tax cloud if only for at least one week i know taxes are a fact of life and i'm always interested in how to minimize that tax burden uh legally of course which you've helped many people do
1: absolutely and it may surprise a lot of investors to discover that two people with identical portfolios can have widely disparate results throughout the several years And that reason arises from what we call asset placement. In other words, where you hold your investments can be just as important as to which assets you select. And understanding this concept is really vital for you and your investment portfolio. So let's talk about how this asset placement strategy actually works. What really matters in investing is the compound annual after tax inflation adjusted return that an investor earns on his or her capital. I'm gonna read that sentence again. What matters in investing is the compound annual after tax inflation adjusted return an investor earns on his or her capital. The important phrase is after tax. It's not about how much you earn, but how much you keep.
2: Well, so, so we need to learn how to calculate compound annual growth rate. And don't be lured by the false promises of average return. The website moneychimp.com has a free S&P 500 compound annual growth rate calculator that also allows you to see the impact of inflation and dividends. And those of you familiar with the time value of money equations uh, know that seemingly small amounts can add up to significant piles of cash if left alone. So if you have an amount even as little as $100 or less a month to invest, there are ways that you can begin constructing a meaningful investment portfolio. Every time a portion of your returns gets siphoned off to Uncle Sam, the future value of the asset is greatly diminished because not only have you lost the money itself, you've lost all the profit that could have been earned by investing that money.
1: An asset placement works because different types of investment receive different tax treatments. Depending on the the length of time an asset is held, for example, income arising from capital gains is taxed at significantly lower rates than dividends and bond interest. In the case of higher-income households, the tax on this latter type of income can sometimes reach as high as 35%. Thus, by simply placing all the high-yielding stocks and corporate bonds bonds in these tax-advantaged accounts, an investor can immediately realize significant tax savings that uh, sometimes amounts to tens of of dollars a year and ultimately millions more in assets throughout a successful investment lifetime.
2: Well, and when deciding which type of accounts to place your assets, such as corporate bonds and common stocks, generally speaking, uh, let these few simple guidelines help you with your decision. Assets that should be placed in tax-advantaged accounts uh, like 401ks, IRAs, include high-yielding common stocks with with long histories of dividend payouts, corporate bonds, risk arbitrage transactions, shares of real estate investment trusts, or REITs, and and assets that should be placed in regular non-tax-advantaged accounts, um, i.e. your brokerage direct stock ownership accounts. These things include common stocks with little or no dividend payouts that you expect to hold for more than a year, and tax-free municipal bonds. Since they're already tax-free, there's no need to place them in tax-advantaged accounts.
0: Right, it's interesting how taxes can also play such an important role in our investments. I remember uh, you mentioning tax diversification, having taxable, tax-deferred, and tax-free investments. And this gives our listeners and it gives myself some insight on how to achieve that outcome. So what's the other tip you have for us today, Rob?
1: Okay, just a warning, Tony. This one may get a little personal. Oh,
0: You're not going to bring up my yeah. weight
2: again, are you, or exercise? No, now? no, oh. we're, we're not going there. Right.
1: We're not going there. But if can't I can't
2: see you on the radio, Tony, oh, that's true. That's right. <laughs> that's, good.
1: that's right. We, yeah, that's exactly right. So, here you go, Tony. If I asked you to identify which factor was the most important single obstacle to an investor as he or she seeks to compound wealth, what would you say?
0: What would I say? The biggest yeah. obstacle? Yeah. Um, I would say probably uh, fear, or they think they don't have enough money, or not understanding where to put it.
1: The answers to this are, very, are are just all over the map. It's very interesting. As you can tell by so, my
0: answer, it was all over the map. A, a, yeah. and, that,
1: and that's normal. That's actually quite common. So over time, your answer might have changed, though, depending upon the financial marketing environment which you're in or how you were raised or when you first began paying attention to the capital markets. A lot of things you see on the, the, the TV and the advertising today, you'd probably guess it's fees and expenses. Yeah. But you'd be wrong. A decade or two ago, you might have guessed it was a matter of domestic versus international securities selections. You'd be wrong again. Then in the 60s, you might have guessed it'd be just a willingness to buy growth stocks, and you'd be wrong again. The list just goes on and on, but one thing remains consistent. This is where it gets personal. Without fail, nearly all the evidence points to you, the individual investor, as being the most likely cause of your own financial failure.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah, well, not knowing what to do. Well, unfortunately, you know what? Our time is up for this week's show. It flew by. I'm surprised. I looked at the time and said, "Wow, uh, that one went quick." But a great topic. Is there anything you want to add before we go, Rob?
1: Well, Tony, I hope our writing the stock market roller coaster conversation was educational, provides some answers to questions, and are going is going to spur you to doing something with what you've learned today so one of the things you can do is give us a call at 937-552-9990 and start the process to receiving your complimentary portfolio analysis review schedule the one hour no cost consultation to go over that analysis visit our website at outlookfc.com there's a lot of uh, educational information there and while you're there check out the radio page Take the opportunity to look at some prior shows and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. We want our clients to be aware of and knowledgeable about how the investment markets affect them and their retirement, because ultimately, we have the same goal for all of our clients, retire comfortably and remain comfortably retired.
0: All right, and that does it for today's episode of Financial Wellness Radio with our hosts, Rob Burnett and Lori Gross of Outlook Financial Center. Thank you for listening to Financial Wellness Radio. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Rob Burnett or Lori Gross at Outlook Financial Center. Call 937-552-9990 or visit their website at outlookfc.com. Based financial planning and investment advisory services are offered by Wellness Investment Advisors LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of Ohio. Insurance products and services are offered through Outlook Financial Center LLC. Wellness Investment Advisors LLC and Outlook Financial Center LLC are affiliated companies. Rob Burnett and Outlook Financial Center are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary, and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources, and no representations can be made as to its. Accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.